Claxby Hill. We had a very long, we made Norwegian style sledging. Let's go and find her. Where are you going, Master? For a drink. Okay, yeah. You guys want anything else? Um, three butter beers and some ginger and wine, please. Six shots of giggle water. Pete, oh, great, huh? This snake juice is basically rat poison. Spent my whole life right here in Lackawanna County. Drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! Yeah. Good morning! <laughs> Okay, I gotta ask you, did it feel as impactful that it was not met with raucous applause? Honestly, this may have been like, I may prefer this format to the traditional keynote. Oh, no, 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 don't get me wrong. I thoroughly enjoyed the first keynote of WWDC. It's just, I don't know. It was like watching the Avengers with a crowd that was fully bought in. Like you get a little more hyped when everybody's sharing for it, but the, the production quality on this was fantastic. the last. The last few keynotes have been kind of hit or miss. I remember the la I remember the services keynote in last March where they introduced Apple News Plus, Apple TV Plus, uh, Apple Arcade, and Apple Card in all of them. Yeah, and. Yeah. They didn't even have a trailer for the Apple TV Plus shows. They just had Jennifer Aniston and Jason Momoa come out and talk about it. Yeah, it, that random like drop to black. Yeah. And a picture appears, and then there's an actor on the stage. And, and, they just and talk. Steven Spielberg and you know Big Bird. And I mean Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it, it was a star-studded lineup, but you didn't even have a trailer. Like Yeah. <laughs> and so that felt really awkward for what they were trying what they were going for and so like this felt very efficient it felt very fast and to the point and very quick and to the point but it was still jam-packed with so much stuff and i'm like absolutely losing my mind out of everything that was being said <laughs> i know but i feel like we need to put a preface on this talking about losing your mind to the software updates <laughs> to apple computers <laughs> It's going to get real nerdy <laughs> real fast. Yes. Yes. I mean, let's, let's kind of go a little historical here for a minute. You know, how long would you say that we've watched keynotes? Um, I remember um, watching a recap, not live, because they didn't broadcast it live, but like watching the video after the fact of Steve Jobs introducing the iPhone. I remember watching that on my iPod classic, on my iPod video. I had the podcast downloaded. I watched the entire thing. Right? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. no, wait, no, no. Come to think of it, I think, uh, well, that, that my, that's the first one that really sticks out in my memory. I'm not sure. The iPod Nano that had the camera on the back, I watched that keynote, but I don't remember if that came before or after the iPhone. I don't remember exactly when uh, we started getting, um, like getting regular with these. Like yeah, yeah. when, like when we started watching kind of all of them and when it almost started to become a tradition of us to take off work and uh, <laughs> to watch Apple keynotes. Excuse you, I have never taken off work 
did I inform the office manager at my last position that I had a conference that was going to be streaming that I needed to block my schedule for an hour for? Maybe. But was I at work? <laughs> also, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the uh, one of the better ones, in my opinion, was the one with the iMac Pro and the HomePod. That one was a like my my jaw hit the floor on the iMac when the iMac Pro was unveiled. Really, WWDC, mainly because that like black grant that black color. What's the name of that black one? That space black. I think space gray. Space gray. Space gray. Okay. Um, that just was like so beautiful that I was drooling. And yeah, beautiful that it was drooling, but I knew that I would never get it. Well, okay. I have an iPhone SC, an Apple Watch Series 1, and a 2015 uh, MacBook Air. Most of these keynotes are not <laughs> products that I buy. Most of these are products that I drool over. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. There's, there has only been um, a few occasions where a product was announced and I bought it. Really? Yeah. Um, my, um, my iPhone's three generations old. Um, I did get, I did upgrade the Apple Watch. And um, at the rate they're going, your iPhone is going to be uh, good for another like six generations. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> um, while it is the iPhone 8, it still has the same processor as the iPhone 10. Yes. When they were introduced, they had the same in internals. They, <laughs> the externals looked drastically different. But I, this one, I, I never. I don't know. I never thought that I would get so excited about the WWDC keynote because there's literally nothing in this keynote that they're like, and this will be shipping on Friday. No, except for that Mac, that Mac, that Mac mini. With the well, I mean, that, that's a developer kit. That's something that I'm probably never going to get. I, oh, I, I, I've often thought about, I thought about joining the developer like their developer group or however you call it and be like, Hey, <laughs> because I just wanted a Mac mini. That was $500 again. I miss it when it was that cheap. Do you, were they, do you think they were able to do that? Cause they put the iPad. Well, anyways, that's, that's getting into what happened at the keynote. Yes. Um, so if, if anybody's tracking with us so far on Monday of this week, Apple had their big WWDC, the worldwide developer conference keynote this year was drastically different because it it's normally a convention conference what have you that tens of thousands of developers fly in from around the world to attend apple's campus to go through um development coaching with apple engineers what have you it's all online this year and mm -hmm. the neat thing about it though is it's online and free whereas previously you had to apply you had to pay to get into the coaching and all that so it's was streaming worldwide and they've always streamed the keynote, but now every single lecture or every single presentation was streaming. Um, yeah. All of them, all of them were streaming. I um, didn't know that. Yeah. And if you, um, if you, if you go back and you watch the keynote itself, um, it honestly was a bit of a sight to behold because it took place all over Apple's campus 
And whenever they say, and now I'm going to send you over to uh, Phil Schiller. No, I don't think Phil Schiller actually presented. I'm going to send you over to this Apple executive in charge of something. Then it would fly through the, there'd be a drone shot flying through an empty Apple campus. This was definitely like pre-recorded like a month ago. Oh yeah. Um, oh, no doubt. Because yeah. <laughs> do you remember when... Do you remember when Craig Federici was uh, demoing Face Face Unlike or Face ID, and mm-hmm. it failed? Yeah. And he's like, "Ooh, we'll go to backup." <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed that everything in iOS 14 worked during the keynote. Yes, and do you like? Apparently, like when Steve Jobs was demoing the first I, iPhone, they had to like he had to like slide of hand like go through like seven different iPhones that because they did not have one iPhone capable of running everything at once during the keynote. No. And so all of the iPhones were, were held in this like covered box and at different points he would lay the iPhone down in the box. And whenever it was time to demo something different, pick up a different one that was optimized to show that off that, Oh, that, that's I can't entirely inducing. I can't imagine like the tech crew like behind the stage all just like dripping puddles of sweat on the floor, like hoping that, that he can pull that off. Can you, um, I mean, and there are stories about the kind of boss that Steve Jobs is, um, Steve Jobs was, and you know, if something were to go wrong, I can imagine him, like I can only imagine how many heads might literally roll. <laughs> If that didn't work, Tim Cook seems a lot more laid back. Oh, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Tim Cook definitely seems a lot more laid back. But yeah, this was one of like my head was kind of exploding a whole lot during this, and that's it's been a long time since I've been able to say that a Apple keynote <laughs> has caused my head to explode. Okay, let's get our disappointments out of the way first. Okay. Um, what, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave, I'll, you look like you're thinking a little bit. I'll just lead right into mine. For two years now. I know, I know. Two years, you and I talk the day before a keynote, <laughs> and I say the only thing I want, and I will be 100% happy, the only thing I want is a native <laughs> notes app on the watch. Mm-hmm. Last year, before the keynote, they introduced iPad OS, which completely revolutionized the iPad. Uh-huh. L- literally everything about the iPad that people had a gripe with, they were like, okay, fixed. Okay, fixed. Okay, fixed. You want yep. this feature? Sure. I was like, Bill doesn't have okay. Later. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, okay, okay. So the iPad does not have a calculator. They brought one to the Apple Watch a native calculator app and they started talking about native apps to watch os and i'm like yes here it comes great they bring voice recorder they bring a calculator app no notes app (laughs) you start going through all of these like really lofty and i'm like eh I don't know. I've been disappointed in the past. I just, I'm, I'm not sure that that'll happen. Yeah, I don't know. 
like all of these things that you want to come to iPad, that you want to come to Mac, that you want to come to the watch. And I'm like, I just want a notes app. You got all of your requests. <laughs> I did not get mine. <laughs> this year, again, I thought they hit it out of the park with iPad OS. I feel like the Mac is in a fantastic place. All I wanted was a notes app on the Apple Watch, and they still didn't do it. Honestly, not disappointed. And that's okay. I mean, uh, a I, valid I'm, answer is there is no disappointment for you. I, I mean, I have a wish list, but my wish list is a little on the outlandish, probably won't happen, and I'm fully cognizant of the fact that it's not probably not going to happen. Yeah, well, and I think there's a difference between a wish list and a prediction. Yes. Like, in terms of, like, what could realistically come, I'm good. I, I'm good. Now, do I want a uh, Apple e-reader so, and I'll be, like, the third <laughs> subscriber to Apple News Plus? Yes. Will that happen? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> um. Do but I, I mean, will think about it though. Think of the pitch of Apple News Plus. Beautiful, rich, contextual, color magazines. That can only happen on an iPhone or an iPad. Yes, yes. But I think there's a significant contingent of people that want reading. And when they, they, they see phone reading and Mac reading and iPad reading different than, you know, sitting down and actually engaging with it as opposed to like the mindless scroll. Oh, that's true. I mean, I've got, I've, I've got an iPhone and an iPad, and if I'm gonna read a digital version of the book, it's on my Kindle. Yeah, and I think something like that, you know, if you're either gonna really invest in that in the same way with like, you know, the book side of thing, I think the book side of things, the last thing that's really lacking and kind of the complete cohesiveness of it, like a real like true blue competitor to say Audible, Mm-hmm. and ebooks like a, a real true blue competitor to all these things like if apple were to buy libro.fm the independent bookstore equivalent of audible and just said keep doing what you're doing but we're going to integrate you into the bookstore i'd be like great you're good like something something along those lines like a real true blue competitor audible like some form of like a book streaming service because like the book app is apparently audible in their monopolizing fashion is not allowing the book the the apple books app carry audible books anymore like you have to do it through the audible app and so like eh, i want competition when i long story short i want competition against amazon in the book sphere yeah and I, I don't think we're going to happen. I think that's the last real thing that's lacking there. And I don't know how they fix that because apparently in the audiobook sphere, Audible is also the largest studio. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of have a... This is Audible. Yes. I hear this is Audible in like the few books that I've bought on the Apple side of things. I've heard this is Audible. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang. So, so you really didn't have you really didn't have any like a disappointments about the keynote. There was nothing. I mean, okay, let's start. I'm gonna let's just let's just go chronologically 
through the keynote. Okay. Okay. Um, do you want to do, was it iOS or watchOS first? iOS was first. iOS was first. I'm not quite as married to the iOS platform as is others. Like the, the, the centrality of my Apple experience is the Mac. I, I like the Mac. The Mac is my mm-hmm. favorite, my, my favorite platform. And so my iPhone works great. It works good. I'm not complaining. It's an iPhone SE, so that still has a headphone jack. So it's well. I mean, and I think we need to note that is still going to be supported by iOS 14. I mean, that's 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 amazing. <laughs> like that's absolutely Which is huge. Yeah. Um, super happy to see picture in picture come to the iPhone. Oh yeah, I'm glad to see that. Really happy to see inline messaging in iMessage, all of the kind of the, the, the trumping yeah. up of iMessage. Uh, the things that they honestly have pulled from like corporate messaging things like Slack and Microsoft Teams. And so I will say like one disappointment then now that I think about it is we got nothing new from FaceTime to really put FaceTime up there against the Zoom, Slack, Skype, messenger like oh that's true there 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 is one fix that i think just logically makes so much sense is to have a plus button button to add somebody to a facetime call and you only have the ability to do a group group facetime call from inside of a group chat yes you can't just go to FaceTime and select three people's faces and start a group FaceTime call. And, That's... and I, I'm just going to say this. I want the option for a grid in FaceTime instead of <laughs> bubbles. Those floatings. Yeah. yeah. The, bu- <laughs> the bubbles make me crazy. One thing that I found kind of funny about the keynote is when they talked about things that they were overhauling as far as design, like Siri is now just a round bubble at the bottom of your screen. No longer uh-huh. does Siri completely take over your screen. Ew, who wants that? I'm like, well, obviously you did because you designed it that way. Yes. It makes, it makes me wonder if they design yeah. things in a certain way, knowing that down the future, with like this is going to drive people nuts. Down the road, we'll do it the way it should have been done to begin with so that we well, can say that we fixed it. I mean, maybe, but again, like, I mean, voice assistants were the stuff of, literally the stuff of Star Trek prior to. No, you got a point there. So who knows how it is going to be applied in reality? Like, who knows how this is going to work? You you, you tweak around the edges, you figure out what works, and then sometimes it's like you find out what drives people crazy, and then you just kind of prod the people for for driving (laughs) You know, you know. I don't use voice assistants. I'm I'm kind of one of those crazy those those privacy nuts that you know. I try to I I try to keep the uh, in, the internet connected microphone in my phone uh, like limit its use as much as possible. And honestly, like after like a week, I didn't miss Siri at all. My muscle memory just moved moved into elsewhere. So I I'm not big on voice assistants. Siri, Alexa, Google, or otherwise, because there's a part of me that's like one part 
like escape one part I absolutely love technology then there's another part of me that's like uh I'm just gonna go out into the woods and never encounter electricity again (laughs) (laughs) we've talked we've talked about your hermit tendencies before (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so Siri yeah I'm glad to see the series improving the Apple Translate that was a surprise that one was completely out of left field. And the fact that it's it's an app that you can download, all of the language detection is handled by the neural engine on device, no internet. I mean, imagine like travel scenarios mm-hmm. where you need to like communicate. No, that one, that one was really neat. But the majority of the iOS refresh, uh, you could tell that there were Android users who were watching this. Like... Um, <laughs> If you follow the comments section in any Verge site, they're like, Android did it first. Android yeah. did it first. I don't know. Android, Android did do it first, but like with most things that Apple is uh, a late entry into the game for, gosh, it looks like Apple did it better. So the way I was telling, talking to a friend about this, um, who is a bit more Android, though he loves the Mac. So he has an Android phone, but he loves but he loves his MacBook. The way that I describe the platforms, not as products, this is kind of where my lawyer brain kind of comes in, but as mm-hmm. governments. So um, Microsoft and Android, they're like, you know, a free society, kind of curtailed limits. You know, there's there are some rules there, but generally you're free to move. And there there are problems here and there with crime, aka viruses. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that cause that causes problems. But you're free to move. It doesn't necessarily mesh well, doesn't advance well, you know, uniformly at all times. Uh Linux is like the Wild West. You better have a gun <laughs> and you better be ready. <laughs> Apple is like a gated community where it's a high cost of entry. Everything is provided for. You don't have to worry about anything. And if something breaks, there'll be there'll be someone there on the spot. <laughs> but you don't really have a lot of choice there, but you have like immense security in your nice little gated community where everyone is where everyone is there. And it, it, everyone is there and safe. Don't have a lot of choice as in like hardware or customizations or customization like you can obviously you know that as someone described it it's like you know with windows you're given a supply kit and you can design your house with mac you can change out the poster but the furniture is bolted to the (laughs) (laughs) you could change out the art but the furniture is bolted to the floor I mean, but that's that's one of the things that make Apple work. It's but now it looks like you can take your love seat from the library and push it into the living room if you want. <laughs> yeah, they're opening it up, and I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, that with the widgets, um, the app library. I know everybody's like, Android had an app drawer, but isn't that? It, I don't understand the app library. Like, um, I do like because I never go hunting for an app. 
if I need to open an app, I swipe down to the search, type in the first characters of the app, tap yeah. on it. That's how I launch an app. I have no idea. I still have an app called LifeSum that is one thing. It's like something you get in to log your calories and like water intake and weight and stuff. And I get a notification that the thing asks me for my weight every day. And I've gone hunting for this app. I can't find it to delete it to make it stop. <laughs> Oh, man. How much caffeine have we had today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking a latte right now. <laughs> but like, no, I, I, that's, that's the way I operate to begin with. Like yeah. if I have the little homepage of my most frequently used apps, and then I can just like swipe to the left and all of them are right there, I'm all for it. I'm an app minimalist to begin with. Like... Mm. I, I try to do as much much and as few of apps as possible. Like, if Disney Plus made it onto Apple TV channels, Disney Plus would be deleted. Yeah. I would subscribe through Disney Plus. I would I would try to do things as as few apps as possible. I don't and like I said, I, I'm not as married to the iOS platform. I don't like hunt around. It also has some probably has something to do that I have a four inch phone. <laughs> True. <laughs> It naturally, uh, you know, for good for good reason, prevents a lot of like just complete immersive use. Yeah. Um, and and I think that the since you have like the iPhone 12 Pro Max, which has a six plus inch screen, I think that was a lot of the oh, okay. We have shoved an iPad Mini screen into a phone. Sure. Let's do picture in picture. Let's do like I, I am video. super interested to see how picture in picture works on a four inch screen. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and with it getting iOS 14, you know, maybe I'm notoriously cheap. I am, but it, you know, I, I, my, my philosophy on phones is that I'm going to get a late and great phone, latest and greatest phone and I'm going to keep it until the iOS updates stop. Now that <laughs> so if iOS 15 this phone dies, I'm getting a new phone. But I got a good four years out of it. <laughs> I got yeah. a good I got four years out of it and that's that's not something that Android can say. <laughs> well I mean there's like a eighty seven percent adoption rate to the newest uh, mm -hmm. operating system with iPhone within the first like three months and only like 10% of Android phones are on the latest version of Android. Well, I mean, it, it, to be fair to our Android friends, one company does both. One company makes yep, the phone, true. one company makes the operating system. It's that perfect, you know, immersion yeah. of hardware, hardware and software. Which so, makes me excited about the Mac. Yes. Yes. Side note, um, side note before we delve into the Mac, I just want to briefly say about watchOS, they're bored. They have, they have <laughs> run out of ideas. <laughs> they, have, they are so far ahead of the game. They are so far ahead of everyone else that they're just like, what else can we do? Like, <laughs> hand washing? You know, a timer that goes off to hand washing, <laughs> which has some make, kind of weirds me out a little bit that my watch is shaming me to hand wash. But you know, 
I mean, you can turn it off, but if you are somebody that's like, I, I really need to like pay attention to this. I need to wash my hands for an appropriate amount of time. Like, I think it's a, it's a great feature to have. It's just like sleep tracking. Some people are going to be like, this thing is monitoring the micro motions of my rising and falling chest while I'm asleep. Uh, like, like, I mean, they're going to Ron Swanson their watch out into the dumpster behind their building and then storm off. Yeah. And, and that's the ten, that's the tension inside of me is that, there are days where I'm just, I'm Tom Haverford and just plug me in. You are a little bit of Ron Swanson. <laughs> or that I'm just like Ron Swanson me. <laughs> it's, um, but the, yeah, the watch, they're just bored. Like they're, it's, it's perfect. And that's, it's, that's a great reason to be bored is because you have made a, pro- a product that's leaps and bounds ahead of the competition that is, like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. Uh huh. I, I mean, where they go from that with Watch OS? So I guess we're going a little bit out of order. We went from iPhone OS to Watch OS. Um, I think I was next was Watch OS. What was, oh, was it? iOS, iPad OS, and then Watch OS? I, I think either way. Okay, so we 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 did the iPhone. Uh, they copied Android. I would argue that they did it better. Um, but you get a little more customization. With Watch OS, they're like, um, here's another app for it. Here's a still no notes app. Here's another app for it. Here's some fun new watch faces. You can Here, share your watch faces with your friends. And who is going to do that? <laughs> share their watch faces I don't with know. Well, I mean, like fitness enthusiasts, if they're like, hey, yeah. we we made this watch face whenever we're I don't know, cycling in the Adirondacks and it shows elevation and impending stuff. I, I don't know. Um, I did find it neat that some of the um, like baby tracking apps, like when, when they, they showed that as an option on the uh, infograph modular where you could have mm-hmm. when the last feeding was, when the last diaper change was, when that, you know, as somebody who just got out of the like little baby phase, that, that's pretty handy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Some people were like clamoring for third-party watch faces. You can essentially make one with the complications. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, I'm I'm not. I will be I'll be happy whenever they have a notes app. Just because I'm horrendously ADD and I have nine million ideas all day long, and just to be able to like flip my wrist up and just voice dictate a note. I don't even need to be able to read my old notes. Just a simple like giant yellow plus button. I tap it, I speak a note, and it just shows up in my notes app would have been so handy. And I know there are third-party ways that you can do it, but I'm trying to like rely mostly on the Apple Mm -hmm. ecosystem because I know that a note I take on my iPad is just going to be on my Mac. It's just going to be on my phone. Um, Which, but yeah, that, I, I agree. Watch OS, they're bored. That's a good segue. Um, how do you feel about them changing defaults? Apparently, uh, you're, you're going to Oh, get... yeah. So it, things that they really didn't talk about during the keynote. Yeah, n- they're not going to bring up the fact that you can't use, that you can use other browsers than Safari. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, the... I saw where uh, Marquez Brownlee, MKBHD, he shared on Twitter 
what a time to be alive. And he had an iPhone 11 pro and double tapped the back and it launched the Google assistant. Yeah. Which is pretty neat. And that's another thing they didn't mention. It's an accessibility feature, but you can double tap, you can map a double tap and a triple tap on the back of your phone. Interesting. To Interesting. do, to so, do pretty much anything. Like you can map it to a shortcut. You so, can change Siri now? Like, like, all right. Now you can't like where you activate Siri by pressing the home button. I don't think you can remap that to Alexa or the Google Assistant, but to get you a shortcut to launch the Google Assistant. In the Google Assistant app. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's not like, a system wide voice assistant change, but, um, mm -hmm. but I, I, I thought, cause I mean, they did, they brought tap to wake. So the ability to sense like taps on the phone, but I, I thought that one was pretty neat and it has some, um, automation possibilities. That's one thing that I, I do want to get into uh, a little more is dig into Siri shortcuts. Yeah. I like, I was really excited when Siri shortcuts came out and then I'm like, I have no ideas. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right now, I the Starbucks app keeps every time I order mobile order, they serve up like, "Hey, add this to Siri shortcuts," where I could just say, "Hey, you know, voice assistant, um, hey, Charlotte. order Starbucks," and it would like order my order and pay with Apple Pay, like done. I'd have to authenticate the payment, but yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And with the, some of the smart home stuff, like you can set a geofence around your house so that whenever you like pull into the house, it will like turn the lights on in the living room and unlock your front door for you. And another bonkers thing, they standardized the smart home. They briefly got through it, but now they're going to be completely in inter our home kit is going to be completely interoperable with uh, Google and Alexa. What? I yeah, apparently glossed <laughs> over that part. They standardized, they standardized like all, because previously you had to be HomeKit certified. Yeah. Apparently Google, Amazon, and HomeKit are all going to be on the same like standard. What? And so that all devices, all smart home devices will now work with HomeKit. And Amazon and Google. That's honestly one of the reasons why we've held off on some of the ones because some of the ones we want are not HomeKit certified. But now, will it? Is it all devices going forward, or all previous devices will just now work? Uh, I don't know. I have to look into that a little bit. More. I, I don't know. Like they, they, like they talked about it for like twenty seconds. Um, <laughs> they talked about it for like twenty seconds, and so they've standardized. Apple's open sourcing. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I remember a conversation on the Verge cast a couple weeks ago how Apple is like the open sourced podcast app. They have nothing proprietary. They right. have nothing exclusive. It's just them. And I'm like, when is Apple ever open? Creative <laughs> <laughs> community. Whereas Spotify is like creating their own little Spotify audio ecosystem. Um, yeah, and it's just like that is going to be one of the interesting things again broke not really doing much all of my all of my stuff as i'm a scrappy entrepreneur is yeah 
by design has to last me for years. So I'm not really fully sold on the smart home, but I like the fact that they basically just said, hey, we are now a true blue third competitor in the smart home ecosystem. Because it was very much looking like it was Amazon and Google, and then Apple was kind of being left out in the cold. Yeah, in the uh, smart in the smart home arena. So this basically opens it up for them to do it, for them to to really to really get in there. Um, but also changing. But the defaults that I was talking about is that you can now change your browser, your default browser, and you can now change your email app. So it's not automatically going to be you click on a link in iMessage and it opens up in Safari. Used to, used to, you couldn't do that. Now you can do Google Chrome, Firefox, Brave, whatever, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, you can now change change the defaults. A lot of that has to do with regulatory pressure. Yeah, I feel like they were kind of getting ahead of like potential legal troubles. Yes. And I have a feeling that with iOS 15, uh, music is going to be next. That you're going to be able to change the default. To say like, hey, Shirley, uh, play a song, but have it play from your Spotify account instead of like. Because right now you you can play things in Spotify, but it has to be, hey, Shirley, play Don't Stop Believing on Spotify. But if you just say, hey, Shirley, play Don't Stop Believing, it will open to Apple Music. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I use the, I use the Firefox app for purposes of continuity's sake, like having the same account on both. And so this, this is going to, and it's honestly really good app, really good, really good app. And not having the that Spotify sort of, app is? Uh, Firefox. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I use, I use Firefox. And I use the Spark email client instead of... Uh, we were talking about that. I, For whatever reason, that has completely flown under my radar. It's a really good email app because for whatever reason on the Mac, uh, Apple Mail is like a ram hog on my <laughs> Mac. You open it up and a thousand things... It starts to heat up. I, I didn't even know my Mac had fans. Like... <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> like, but, is that a tiny audience like cheering for me? Wait, oh no, it's my uh, the, thermal no, throttling. Never had the problem with the mail app on the iPhone, but the mail app on the Mac is like a RAM just nightmare. Okay, me. now this is a perfect segue. Is it a RAM nightmare? Nightmare, or is it an Intel nightmare? Who knows. <laughs> I don't know. But, but I mean, think about it. The mail app on your iPhone, perfect. There is no fan. Thermally, it's great. That's true. That's true. But Because it has Apple-designed silicon. I mean, yes. do you, do you want to go there right now? I, you don't really have an iPad. We could talk about iPad OS. I mean, what was the big thing that you got? got what was the big thing that made you excited for the iPad? Okay, for me... The, the my dream tablet have you ever watched the microsoft courier demo video oh yeah the dual the dual tablet that they the, finally unveiled in yeah. yeah last year well yeah they it may be maybe a little it's even then it's the operating system is still windows 10 which is just 
I wanted them to have the operating system that they demoed on the courier. Okay. Um, because of things like Scribble, which they bought to iOS. Yes. Just the fact that you could take the pencil and anywhere through the whole operating system you, that you could input text, you could just write. You I could thought that was neat. Go to the search bar on your website, just write twitter.com, and it automatically turns it into text. That is the part that I think is going to take the iPad. No, really set because of macOS Big Sur, basically looking like an iPad that is going to really set iPad OS apart from Mac OS is pen input. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that, and I think that's going to be the distinction. I saw somebody on Twitter that said, eventually I just see Apple's operating system transitioning to Apple OS with different views. This is yeah. Apple OS with its watch view. This is Apple OS with its iPhone view because they've homogenized the app icons across the whole platform. But I, I mean, the thing that's going to set the, the Apple Watch, it's on your wrist, gives you quick actions, monitors your health. That is its niche. The iPhone is in your pocket. It's your main point and shoot camera. It's how you like interact with people. The iPad is a creative tool with mm-hmm. pen input. Um, it allows you to do things that you just couldn't do on the screen of an iPhone. And then the Mac is where you need the extra screen real estate to edit videos and do things and the horsepower. And that, and I think that's how it's going to like distinguish itself. But like you were saying, you didn't have an issue with the Apple, uh, the email app on the iPhone, you had it on the computer. And I think that's what's been holding Apple back. And like by the plug for spark, because I also like, like small companies that are doing pretty cool, pretty cool thing and spark is like (laughs) a company that's doing awesome yeah 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 software work um the and they're a great default they're great default and fully inter on the mac at least they they intermesh well with everything you know that apple mail would that that apple mail would on the mac um but yeah and and that's what i think is going to happen is I, this this sort of like OS level integration because the Mac, unfortunately, and kind of where things are going, always kind of stood out from the crowd as this sort of like old granddad yeah. of the others, whereas it was always this, you know, the iPhone, the iPad, the watch, and the TV all sort of like intermixed in this orbit, and then the Mac was just kind of sitting there. It was just, yeah. kind, of, it was just kind of sitting there off to the side. The move to ARM, ARM or Apple Silicon, as they called it, was great move. I think it was time, and yeah. the fact that every the world's largest app store is final is coming to the Mac is going to breathe new life into the Mac. Oh no, I I agree. It's, it's now. It, it begs to wonder they had released the catalyst uh apis for developers of how to convert your ipad into a mac app and now they're saying it'll just work well i think that i i think there will be bugs along the way oh yeah they're gonna have to they're gonna have to mesh well 
basically they'll like get an iPhone app on there and then realize kind of what and things need to be tweaked and what doesn't. I've said for a while that Sidecar, the you know external monitor on your iPad, mm-hmm. was the subversive way in getting eventually touch on the Mac. Mm-hmm. Because you know it's it's an external monitor. It's you know everyone there's that expectation there that it's not going to work perfectly. But with people using Sidecar and Mac apps are starting to get optimized for touch, developers will then figure out how to best optimize it for touch, which then five years down the road, they can be like, hey, the Mac has touch now, and it's a much better experience than Windows ever did. Yeah. Um, Now, that is interesting. um, At macOS Big Sur, uh, with the icons changing, with the control center, very, it looks optimized for touch. Yes. Yes. That, I think that'll work really well on Sidecar. I was using Sidecar today. Mm-hmm. I love it. It mm-hmm. it essentially turns my iPad into a like a Wacom display tablet. I was in Photoshop. I was using Photoshop brushes with a pen directly on the screen, and it just just worked. It uses yeah. the AirPlay standard, and so you're on your your Mac. You go up to AirPlay. You AirPlay to the iPad, and it just it just works. Yeah, um, and I think that I think that Sidecar was it is leading the way for Touch to come onto the Mac. Um, there's there's been a lot of things in Apple's history where they make a big deal about them not doing something. Like, are you merging iOS and macOS? And then it zooms out to this like seventy foot screen that they're projecting their keynote on. And a twenty foot tall no slams down, crushing that sentence. Mm-hmm. I it just it it feels like they made that statement, and then they're they the, <laughs> the sheer inertia of that no slamming down forced everybody back about twenty steps, and mm-hmm. now they're slowly walking back up to that statement actually being true. Well, the problem was with the Mac was. market share in a plateaued PC market. Um, Developers were not developing for the Mac. Like you had, you had Adobe, you had Microsoft office. It's really all the apps you need. And then everything else can be filled with, uh, filled with web apps. Like everything else. Or just iPad apps that just run. Yeah. And so, like, you had, you had your Adobe, you had your Microsoft, or some, like, variation there, too, like Affinity. Um, but I think that, you know, developers weren't developing for the Mac, so they, so they, had, to do, they had to do Project Catalyst to get more interest back into the Mac, Mac platform. They've now brought in... They've now updated the Mac platform in a way that people respect again, because the butterfly keyboards were definitely were definitely a sidestep for most people. <laughs> um, and so, like everyone says, the MacBook Air is the perfect computer for college students. Like for average everyday use, the MacBook Air is the perfect computer. They, they haven't had a good review like that in a while. Yeah. 
I think that'll change when they bring their first Apple Silicon based MacBook. And I'm hoping to goodness that it's the 12 inch MacBook that I'm currently recording on right now. I love this computer so much and it is operating on a, a very, an incredibly underpowered Intel chip. Mm-hmm. And based on how fast and how responsive my iPad is, I know for a fact that that iPad is two to three times faster than the MacBook that I'm on, but I'm doing complicated, large file Photoshop editing on my MacBook. I'm hosting this Zoom call, which has gone for almost an hour, an hour already. Um, while simultaneously, like I've got a couple Illustrator files open and I have Photoshop open and there is no screaming fan. It, it's doing what I need it to do. And I, the apps that I already use, and that's why I don't know if, if you knew this, but Apple had just recently updated um, Photoshop and Lightroom for the iPad. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that that is just setting the seeds for whenever they switch over to ARM or the Apple Silicon. And the, the Adobe ecosystem is going to work flawlessly. The fact that they said Microsoft is coming is is already optimized for this new silicon, and Adobe is on its way. You know, they they have their two big partners that they need. Yeah, for like those those are the for standard professional apps for whatever reason people like Office three sixty five. Um, those are the two big apps that people are in demand for app suites that people are in demand for. They've got that. Web apps can cover cover everything. The move to the web apps and then Apple's basic apps can cover everything. And then once you get um, what, uh, and then once you get iPhone apps in, that will cover everything else. Because if there's one thing that I felt was like definitively missing from the uh, from Mac apps that were were on iOS apps were streaming apps. I think I, I wanted streaming apps, like the ability to download and like have a whole bunch of episodes and movies when I'm going on a road trip. Yeah. Like have Disney Plus on a road trip. I'm in the back of the car. I just pull out my Mac and I, I get to enjoy a Marvel movie on Disney Plus. That was like the one thing that that's kept me around with like iTunes for a while was that the ability to download on it. The TV app really kind of solved some of that with some Apple TV channels, especially with like with, with some of the Apple TV channels and the TV app. But the ability to get say Disney Plus, to get Netflix, like inbuilt, ingrained app, Audible, on there. That's that is the thing that I'm most looking forward to with the intermeshing. Yeah. And who knows with games and I, I'm not a gamer. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not, a, not, neither of us are. I mean, the biggest gaming streak that we went through was a PlayStation one crash bandicoot. Like recently I got an emulator and started playing old game boy, Pokemon games. Like, <laughs> and, and even then with, with that PlayStation, I had to get cancer for us to get a PlayStation. <laughs> True story. Sorry, I will never forget when you uh, beat Who Wants to Be a Millionaire 3rd Edition with Regis Philbin 
Um, <laughs> yeah. I never beat that. <laughs> and I remember the million dollar question was what colored um, pill did Neo take in order to enter the matrix? And you were like, it, didn't you have like two lifelines left? Uh, and I, I didn't use them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the first guy to win? He used the phone a friend lifeline to call his dad to tell him that he was going to be a millionaire and then hung up and answered the question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. But okay. So overall impressions of WWDC. Oh, that was a good day. That I, I, I think the, produ- the production value was great. I think they've set the expectations for this big switched arm really well. Yes. Um, they said, you know, new Intel Macs are coming. It's going to be a two-year transition. Here's a developer kit right away with the latest iPad Pro chip to be able to get at least a base level performance in it. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The trans, yeah. The, the trans- I mean, the reassurance that we still have Intel Macs that we're going to be releasing, and we're going to support and release and update a uh, Intel Intel versions of Mac OS for years to come. That's and that's the uh, that that was the concern because MacBooks are now good again. Yeah. Like they're now like it, at least in the universally, you know, everyone's just like, oh, we're happy with this. Um the Macs kind of have their mojo back again after, you know, a few years of like funky experimentation. Uh, this, they, they worded the transition. Well, I think it was needed. You know, Microsoft has now gotten an arm version because Intel has been causing them so much problems. I know, but apparently Microsoft did not pull it off very well. Well, Microsoft has this eternal problem that everyone uses it and no one likes change. <laughs> right like microsoft can be like hey all of our apps are on all of our apps are optimized for this new system but no one but no one else will change with us <laughs> whereas apple can be like they're a bit more nimbler in the max sphere and they had a very tight control over ios to begin with that they're just like nope things are changing deal with it yeah <laughs> deal with this but but i i know I, I agree i think it's a change change it's going to be needed it's going to set apple up to it, like their innovation cycle is, is going to be leaps and bounds ahead of the competition mm-hmm. um especially with what they've done if you just look in the past 10 years of the ipad versus where it was to where it is now there's not been a whole lot of evolution or i mean uh, i take that back there's been tremendous amounts of evolution making their own silicon but if you look at them like a macbook when the ipad was released to a macbook now it lost <sighs> drive and usb ports yeah i mean and it's like they made it thinner because everything had to be thinner and lighter okay yeah but as far as like what it did its capabilities so i'm i'm excited about this i do want to wrap up by throwing out what we want our predictions to be for the hardware in the fall. Okay. Like what devices are going to be running all of this software that they just talked about on Monday. Okay. Um, I definitely predict a new uh, Apple TV. We didn't really go into the Apple TV. 
uh, it, it supports picture in picture. It still supports 4K. It still supports Adobe, Adobe Atmos. It has a little bit better multi-user support. That's about it. Well, my prediction is is that we're going to get uh, we're going to finally get an Apple TV stick. Uh, oh, okay, we're, okay. We're going to finally get an Apple TV stick. Uh, you know, seventy dollar, ninety dollar, you know, in, uh, a stick that can be more competitive with Roku and the Fire TV. Yeah. And finally get okay. and finally get out there. Um, a new and cheaper HomePod. We did, I, like I a HomePod that. Mini or just okay, okay. And I expect a whole new fleet of Macs, and they finally update the uh, monitor design. The iMac. The iMac. I think they're going to finally update the monitor design to basically be giant iPad Pros. If it is. Just shut up and take my money. <laughs> we've been t we've been talking about getting a desktop Mac for a long time now because our uh, our Photoshop and design work is picking up, and in order to have the necessary like windows and controls to be pretty nimble in Photoshop and Illustrator for me, it leaves my like active workspace on my computer screen because I have the twelve inch MacBook to mm -hmm. like a six inch square mm -hmm. and I keep having to zoom in and out. And I, that's going to be the next Mac purchase for us is to get a desktop and boy, howdy, man, my Eastern Kentucky showing. If that happens, just shut up and take my money. Yes. Um, the, I, I think the Mac books are going to be generally the same as I think the Mac books are really generally the same. And honestly, the iPad is kind of in the same position the uh, watch is. It's basically perfect for what it's designed to do, and they're just bored at this point. <laughs> right. Like, as a tablet, the iPad is perfect. Um, they're basically, like, everything now is just it's slowly meshing into a quote-unquote two-in-one. Yeah. Um, and so... I'm turning into two and one, and I think that's going to progress even further. Um, I think the next round of keyboards, we may even get a we we may even get a iPad laptop sometime in the future in the next five years. Nah, I doubt it. Um, but yeah, iPad iPhones iPhones are kind of chugging along. I, I'm not seeing really any, I don't, I don't see any, any, really any design overhauls in the near future. Maybe they finally get rid of the notch. But other than that, it's a rectangle. I don't think the notch is going anywhere this year. I think the big improvements in iPhone are going to be the cameras. Um, they're going to stick with the, the, the wide, super wide and telephoto, mm -hmm. but add the LiDAR sensor that they introduced in the iPad back in March. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that is going to open up the photographic capabilities of the iPhone tremendously because inside of iOS, they released the depth API. So people can use the information from the LiDAR sensor in whatever avenue that they want. Uh, I also think there's going to be a new iPad Pro. I know uh -huh. they just released one in March, but they released it with an A12Z. Mm -hmm. 
And the reason why Z, because they said, because Z comes after X, so it's better. <laughs> like, they have what, never, what they... they've never released a refreshed iPad without the next generation of, tri of chip. Mm -hmm. I think this was to get the LiDAR scanner into the market to get the, bu the bugs worked out before they put in the iPhone, which is coming in the fall. The, I, I think with, um, <laughs> if, if that's the case, then that sort of like hippie fueled, the, that hippie fueled team that Craig Federighi talked about with Big Sur was definitely involved in that. <laughs> um, yeah, other than that, I mean, they're kind of in a good place. I have some like product ideas, but like I said, they're like wild wish lists that I wish they would make, but they're never they're never actually going to. <laughs> right. Um, but other than that, other than that, I think yeah, they're they're in a good place. I'll be interested to see see where they come with it. I think as, as much as I may nostalgically lament the iOSification of the Mac it was definitely something that was needed. I do too. And there are going to be people that are, like you say, will like mourn the loss of Mac's identity, but with it moving forward, that, I mean, there was this, this almost like harkens back to the skeuomorphisms of the original iPhone, like making it user approachable and friendly to know that, oh, this thing that looks like a little pad of paper is where I go take notes. Yeah. Uh, this thing that looks like a leather contact book is where I put my contacts. I think it's going to make somebody who has had an iPhone for a while and has been apprehensive about the Mac mm -hmm. be able to just seamlessly jump over it. But um, I'm excited about the future. Uh, and I know talking about it, I'm glad that we get to talk about it because whenever I want to like talk to somebody else about, hey, did you watch Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference that they live streamed <laughs> over the internet? They're like, uh... um... You see, yeah, no. <laughs> so uh, I, I think with that, I am going to um, head out of here. Thanks for being my uh, confidant to geek out about technology. <laughs> anytime, anytime. And we have some plans in the future. Where We have some plans in the future for some very interesting, cool episodes. More guests, more friends. Uh, oh, and if any of you are li if any of you are listening to this, like just bemoaning the fact that we're Apple sheep, we do have a tech episode coming up where we're, we're going to bring an Android aficionado in, um, so you will be represented. Don't yes. worry. <laughs> yes. But with that, I think I'm gonna head out of here. Um, like always, uh, at the end of the um, episode, we do want to connect with you guys, and so if you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at Doctor and Lawyer. Um, we also have a Patreon page, which lets us um, kind of give back to some causes that are really doing some good work in the world right now. Um, once we cover the cost of the show, any, any, every bit of the, um, of what we take in from Patreon, we're giving away. Um, so if you want to like nominate an organization or a person or a place, um, then head over to um, patreon.com slash doctor and lawyer. Indeed. And yeah. We'd like to hear from you. Indeed. All right. Well, I'm going to get out of here. All right, and with that, there's one more thing. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody.
All right, I'll be right there. And grab the movie. Go, 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 go. Come on, come on, my friend. Yeah. <laughs>